Susan had um, quadruple bypass at age 34. Obviously, that's unusual for a young woman. She had um, familial hypercholesterolemia. She's in her uh, 60s, 70s now. So um, she's done well since then, except for another episode about 15 years later in her early 50s when she had another um, set of bypass grafts. So again, these are very typical of familial hypercholesterolemia patients. Now, what else is very interesting about Susan's story and typical? When she first had her chest pain at age 34, she went to the doctor and the doctor said, you know what, I think this is maybe stress, maybe a flu or depression or anxiety. Um, why don't you go home and if you're not having, uh, if it's not better in a month, come back and see me. Within less than a week, she said, she went back to the doc and said, I'm afraid this may, this is chest pain. My dad's recently had heart surgery and I want you to check, do some blood studies at least. Well, the doc did some blood studies and her cholesterol came back over 600. Again, typical uh, FH, familial hypercholesterolemia story. Um, <clears throat> she gave us a, a quick five-minute interview, uh, and we posted that and uh, published it just a few days ago. I thought I would um, give you the full interview now for those that can get beyond a quick five-minute uh, video and see the full 33 minutes. So uh, I have also, the, we had some technical issues. I did um, go in and, and take out a couple of areas where the sound was bad and a couple of areas where we uh, identified people that uh, I didn't want to identify. The, um, the other thing that she mentioned is that um, she has a close family member, also a female, also who had a heart attack, full heart attack at age 44. So again, it brings up the uh, FH Foundation's comment that you don't see one patient with okay. this, you see a family. Uh, I was in very good shape. I weighed 114 pounds. We had been over in Wyoming backpacking that summer and no problems. All about, I, I walked almost every day, about four miles. And about Thanksgiving time, I went, went out to walk and it was cold, of course. We're here in Idaho. And uh, I got about half a block, and the pain hit me in the chest so hard, I didn't know if I was going to be able to make it home. And I'm going, this is angina, because my dad had problems, and so I knew what angina was. And I made it home, and I made an appointment with my doctor, and he says, oh, you've just got the flu. Come back in a month if you don't feel better. And I'm going, yeah, right. So I went home and still kept having angina and went back to him and said, this is not the flu. I went back in maybe a week. And he says, oh, uh, I've discovered something since then. He says, your cholesterol is 600. And he sent me to have a stress test. And surprisingly, I really didn't have problem with the stress test. And I was going just as fast as they could 
get me to walk. I, I walked instead of ran. <laughs> and when they laid me down on the table to check things, why then I started having angina. Uh, they said. So you had angina even when you laid down on the table. Yes. And when I would stop and rest, it wouldn't go away for a little while. Well, I, I would just sit down and relax, and it would take it a while for it to go away. So what happened then? Well, they sent, set me up with a cardiologist in Salt Lake City, and I went down there and had an angiogram, and they says, oh, you got lots of blockage in there. I was 34 years old. I'm not sure if I mentioned that. And they did heart surgery bypasses in March of 81. They told me before the surgery they planned on doing five bypasses. When I come out of the surgery, they said they were, oh, I don't remember if it was two or three, that there was no place to bypass to on the other ones that they wanted to do. There was so much plaque build up in my arteries. There was just no place to bypass to with the other ones. So I recovered as much as I could and went home, felt great. Uh, I believe I continued walking. Uh, I didn't do, I never went backpacking again or skiing or anything like that, especially in the cold weather. And uh, I can't remember if I continued to have angina. I think I did. Let me ask you a couple of things. You, um, you had a classic story, a, uh, somebody in their 30s, a young female, um, chest pain. The doc said, oh, this is not heart attack. Young women don't have heart problems. And sure enough, you turned out to have way high cholesterol. You did have heart problems. You had surgery. Now, a few other things to think about. How about your family? You mentioned that your dad had some problems. How about your mom? My mother had the high cholesterol, too. That's where the familial hypercholesterolemia came from. And she never did have any heart problems. She lived into her 80s with no heart problems. Isn't I, that I had smoked. I was smoking when I first had the, the angina. I quit. Almost immediately, I cut way back, and for Christmas that year, that was my Christmas present to me, as I quit smoking Christmas Eve. You bring up a couple of critical points with those last few minutes. One is, I've had a lot of patients with FH, familial hypercholesterolemia, and it's just like the patients with the really high LP little a. Yes, these are all major risks in and of themselves. But it's when you start, uh, when you combine FH or LP little a with smoking or obesity or insulin resistance, these double whammies really have an impact. And that's what it sounds like with your family as well. 
Oh, my mother never did smoke. And I really think back now, and that was what it, what probably really started it for me because I'd obviously had high cholesterol for several years before they discovered it. Uh, I, I started being quite uptight, nervous that I wouldn't live. I had two small daughters and I was so afraid I would not live to see my kids grow up. And I started eating to calm myself. And over the years, I became very heavy. Uh, was eating a lot of sugar. Uh, I ate the good diet that they told you to back then, low fat and high carbohydrate. When I, I guess it was, uh, oh, in 2001, they sent me to different doctors in Salt Lake, and he said, oh, I can, I can do more bypasses on you. So I went in and had two or three more bypasses, and I had been having angina again. Anyway... They put me on Lipitor. I was on 80 milligrams of Lipitor. My cholesterol still ran about anywhere from 200 to 235 on that high a dose of Lipitor. Uh, and my, my HDL dropped and my LDL didn't drop that much. It was still high. It was the HDL that dropped when I was on Lipitor. Let me ask you something. How old were you when you had that um, that procedure in 2001? Uh, uh, I, I believe 55. Let's see. Let me think. Yes, okay. I was 55. Okay, so here, this is 20 years later. So when you were in your early 30s, you had a bypass graft, is that right? Yes. You had multiple bypass grafts. Then 20 years later, in your early 50s, you had several more bypass grafts. Mm -hmm. So again, this is, uh, helps people understand when you have familial hypercholesterolemia, you can have these problems 20, 30 years earlier than most of the rest of us. It also helps us understand the issues about uh, weight gain and uh, smoking. Now, during which years did you smoke, Susan? I smoked, I graduated from high school and started smoking then. And I quit smoking in 81. Uh, uh, cut way back as soon as I had found out I had heart problems, but wasn't able to quit completely quit for several months. Okay, so that 81 was fairly close to the time that you had those first uh, bypasses, is that right? Yes, I had them in, eight, in March of 81. So those first bypass, that experience, realizing, oh my gosh, as young as I am, I still have heart disease, and getting the bypass, that helped you motivate you to get off the cigarettes. 
You know, the, the science shows us that after about five to 10 years, the heart risk from cigarettes has decreased almost completely. So by 2001, this was 20 years later, this was not being caused by cigarettes at that point. Uh, at what point did you decide, did you have uh, the surgery for your weight? Uh, well, let's go back just a little bit again. In 2004, they took me in and did a stent. So okay. that's when they told me, you better get that weight off or you're not going to live much longer. And so I tried to diet and I'd think, okay, I'm going to diet and I'd gain 10 pounds. <laughs> mm -hmm. So in 2006, I decided I better have the gastric bypass. And I went to a doctor who I knew personally, and that's all he did was gastric bypasses. And I had had it done and decided, well, I had seen so many people have it done and lose all their weight and then gain it all right back. And I said, there is no way I am going to gain this weight back. I am going to do whatever it takes to keep the weight off and be healthy. And I got back into water aerobics and walking and... It took me about a year to lose the weight. I lost 145 pounds. My wow. brother holds me half a sou. <laughs> Could you say that again to make sure that the viewers hear that? Your brother calls you what? He lives in Las Vegas, so he's fairly close to half a sou, and he calls me half a sou. Because you lost half of your body weight. You're half the sou that used to be there, right? Yes. That's funny. It is. I, I laughed at it the first time he said it, and I still laugh at it. Anyway, so I cut out all sugar, cut way back on carbs. Uh, I can't remember. I think I was still eating grains and stuff like that, but not a lot. And then in... Uh, Oh, about 2005. No, that was that was too soon. About 2012, I went on strict paleo diet and really cut out the carbs and ate high fat. I still eat meat. I don't eat a whole lot of meat. And I take coconut oil to get extra fat. I cook completely with coconut oil. I cut out all the crappy oils that they used to tell us were good for you. And I basically eat meat and fruits and vegetables. I so cut out fruits and vegetables. I mean meat, fruits and vegetables. And the meat that I do eat is uh, grass-fed organic because I don't want those uh, hormones and antibiotics in my food. I've cut out all pre prepared foods, all additives. I go out to eat maybe once or twice a month and then I eat 
as good as I can, but it, you know it's not good. It's um, hard to eat well at a restaurant. You have to be very careful what they put in there. Yes. I try to, I'll ask if their chicken is breaded and, you know, I try to get non-breaded chicken, things like that. Um, you bring up a couple of things about diet that I wanted to bring out. The first one is uh, the, uh, the gastric bypass. It's very interesting, and Jason Fong talks about this a lot in his literature, his science reviews in his books. Uh, people have, quote, cured diabetes with gastric bypass. Bottom line is, if you lose that kind of weight, your, your pancreas, your body gets back to a, a much, much healthier um, perspective, a much healthier metabolism. If it takes, uh, for some people, it takes a, a, a surgery to get there, and that surgery's had a huge, huge impact. But you also bring up another story that I think is very interesting, very common, and very helpful. It sounds like you started out on more of a plant-based diet 10, 20 years ago. I did. Uh, lots of carbs. But then as things developed, the science came out about low-carb diet, you switched to low-carb. Yes. Uh, when I first had problems, they didn't have uh, statins. So my doctor told me to go on a, on a vegetarian diet, and I pretty much did that. And it didn't do much of anything to help my cholesterol. It went down a little bit, but not more than, oh, I'd say about 50 points. And then, oh, about 10 years before the second bypasses, I did find out that I had uh, prediabetes and was on medication for that until I had the gastric bypass and my doctor there took me off of the medication for that. And of course I, I ate such good carbs instead of the high carbs that that would have taken care of it probably anyway without the. Anyway. So you also developed the insulin resistance with that weight gain as well. And then yes. lost it with your weight loss. Yes. Yes. Now you mentioned the, the diet only dropping your uh, cholesterol about 50 points. What is your cholesterol at this point, Susan? The most recent one. My most recent one was 352. Oh, that's, I dropped Lipitor, or dropped my statin about five years ago, because that's another reason that we figured I had uh, the insulin resistance, is because statins cause it. I, I saw a, a, lawsuit against one of the companies that produced statins because they knew it could uh, cause insulin resistance and they didn't let people know that back then. So that's when I went off the statins. They, um, they do know that now and that's one of the things that we talk about. 
Uh, as people may not know, you're not a patient of mine. You and I have not talked about the basics on that. I tend to use a much lower dose of uh, Crestor, and um, it doesn't cause as much problem there. In addition, uh, there's some new ones out called like Lavalo, which actually helps with insulin resistance as opposed to um, to causing more problems, more diabetes and insulin resistance. In fact, for somebody with uh, high cholesterol values like yours, I would strongly recommend considering Lavalo or again, at least a low dose Crestor. But again, you're seeing your uh, PA in your doc. When's the last time you saw your PA? I saw him about two weeks ago and I asked him to put me on a low dose of Crestor. So that's what we did. <laughs> okay, good. So now let me just ask you this. When you say your cholesterol was like 352, do you know if that was the total cholesterol or if that was the LDL? Uh, back when I was, oh, tried to go on the diet, that was the total cholesterol, yes. Okay. okay. Even with that high dose of Lipitor, it was running between 200 and 235 for total cholesterol. Do you know what your LDL numbers were? Uh, yes, I happened to find. <laughs> uh, LDL was 149. This was back in... Shoot. In 012. Okay, was that on the 40 of Lipitor? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. My total was 220. I've never had triglyceride problems. My HDL was only 56. It's up from that to about 78 now that I'm no longer on the statins and my. LDL was 149 on the statins. You also bring up another point, which is very interesting, and I don't think we really understand it that well yet. Um, you were obviously having huge uh, cholesterol values, around 600 in your early 30s. And then now uh, you can go into these uh, episodes where maybe you're managing your lifestyle better, you get your weight down, you, stop smoking, some of these other things, and uh, significantly improve your cholesterol values with lifestyle alone. I, th I think some of that's obvious, but I also think that some of that um, we still don't understand in terms of FH itself, familial hypercholesterolemia. Here's one of the reasons that we don't completely understand it. If you look at the types of uh, genetic mutations that can cause this problem, at this point, we're at about 2,000 and counting. So there's just a lot of different variations within the, within the group, within the diagnosis of FH. Speaking of which, I think you told me, Susan, you've not had the genetic test, have you? I don't believe so, no. And I've never had a heart attack, by the way. I hadn't mentioned that yet. And that's uh, a good thing. When I... First, had my first heart surgery, I did start looking into supplements. Did, you know, 
the doctors didn't recommend anything. Uh, I think they did recommend niacin even back then. But I started uh, researching to see what I could do to help myself. And I got onto a, a multivitamin, multimineral. I started taking high doses of vitamin C. I took the niacin, build up till it made me sick every time I took it. So I quit taking it for quite a while. I took lecithin. I took garlic. I took fish oil and ate low fat and high carb. And then when the statins first came out, they put me on, on them almost immediately. Here's what I would guess, and let me know if this is true or not. I would guess that all of those supplements together didn't have the impact that stopping smoking or losing 140 pounds. No, no, of course not. But I still think that helped. Would I do. Have the, would have lowered the inflammation in my body. It's like uh, my friend John uh, says all the time. Uh, you can't supplement your way out of a bad lifestyle. I've heard you say that many times on your videos. Yeah. So thanks for sharing that as well with our with our viewers. So as uh, just to recap what we've talked about, again, uh, you're one of those folks. You're a viewer. You've shared that you had familial hypercholesterolemia. You had a classic story as a... Um, a young woman in her early 30s developing chest pain went to the doc. The doc said, oh, this is this is a anxiety, depression, something like that. You came back and probably saved your own life by saying, no, I need you to look deeper. I think this is my heart. Sure enough, he did. And you had a, a at that time a cholesterol over 600. You had uh, several bypasses. Uh, 20 years later, you had several more. But with the first set of uh, bypasses, you decided, you know what? I've got to stop smoking. And you did. And I think that's one thing that has given you several decades of life already. The stress from this uh, resulted in some significant weight gain um, to the extent that you were having some real problems with uh, maybe some of uh, overweight, obesity, and even insulin resistance as a result. You went the uh, the route of getting um, a, uh, a gastric bypass, lost 140 pounds. Your brother now, now calls you half a Sue because you're half of what you used to be. And um, much, much better shape in terms of uh, your health as, as well as your cholesterol value too. Five years ago, I went to my cardiologist in in California, ready to tell him I was going off statins. And I was shaking because I knew he was going to say, well, I can't be your doctor then. Well, I told him that I was going to go off statins and what I had done. I said, I've, I'm eating so much better. I don't smoke. I, anyway... He says, great, if more people would do what you're doing, I wouldn't have to prescribe so much medication. He says, 
let's take you off your blood pressure medication and your blood thinner also. Haven't had a problem with either of those. I added more supplements now that I'm doing everything right and, and still weigh 120 pounds. I've added more supplements. You know, uh, I'll just share this with the uh, viewers. The reason that we, um, <clears throat> we don't have uh, Susan on video is that she doesn't have access to it on her computer. So that's why we have the pictures up. I'm, I'm smiling. I don't know if you can see my smile because you're bringing up a debate that I just see all the time, given what I do. I'm, I've been a medical director for well over a thousand docs many, many times. And obviously I've seen my share of patients. The patients tend to blame the docs for putting them on medications. And the docs in turn tend to blame the patients for lifestyle issues. You've done a great job of helping sort all this out. Maybe there's a little bit of blame on both sides, but we need to work to get to, uh, to a healthy lifestyle. And the docs need to work to uh, help focus that rather than focus so much on drugs. Well, I was certainly happy to find your videos because I've got a lot more to go over, but the ones that I've listened to and, and watched you on have really helped me so much. I've, well, that's when I, I went back on niacin because you said you were taking it and I've got to build up a lot. I'm only on 500 milligrams right now, but uh, I also went on the Crestor because I know you take it a small dose and I'm just studying other things that you have done and, and say has helped you. I don't think I'll go vegan. However, I don't think my chicken hurts me at all. And my, most of my fat is vegan because it's coconut oil. Well, you bring up an interesting point. I, I have continued to progress as well. I used to still focus a little bit more on plant-based, but not so much anymore either. I'm still much more focused on carbs in the diet. Mm -hmm. And I actually did uh, take a little bit of coconut oil every day as well, just like you. So maybe I'm learning something from you too. I really <laughs> appreciate your, uh, your comments about the channel and what we're doing. Again, that's a legacy thing for me. I've quote retired, uh, end quote, but my legacy goal is to get more of this information out so people can become informed and make good decisions about their health. Is there anything else you wanted to share? Hmm. I can't think of anything right off the bat. Well, um, like I've said before, I can't tell you how much I appreciate your sharing what you have in these two interviews. I think this information is going to help a lot of people. You know, if if the um, association for what is it, the uh, familial hypercholesterolemia foundation, if they're right, um, and it's actually one in two hundred, and you multiply those out, we've got probably hmm, forty to eighty people per day viewing these videos that have FH. And here's the other thing, 90 to 99% of those people have no clue. And 
to hear somebody share their story helps people to start thinking, you know, maybe there is something else I need to be looking at. And that kind of that kind of message, that kind of story can save lives. I really appreciate you doing it, Susan. Can I tell you, I did think of one more thing I need to put in here. Okay. Five years ago, I went to my cardiologist, and he had been listening to a heart murmur. So he did a scan of some kind and said, you have got pretty bad aortic valve calcification. He says, you'll probably have to have that taken care of in about five years. Well, it's been five years. My PA and my cardiologist here are not concerned at all about, about that. My PA says, well, it's three out of six. I don't think it's progressed at all. And I think part of it is the supplements and the eating right and, and exercising and listening to Dr. Brewer. Well, thank you again. And I can guarantee you, if you still had that 140 pounds, that extra 140, and we're still smoking, uh, it would have gotten worse if you were even around to tell about it. Yes, so you've I done do. hard work. Yeah. Thank and you again. I, I now have three great-grandchildren and didn't expect to see my kids grow up. Now, here's an interesting question. You know, the uh, FH Foundation talks about you don't see a single FH patient, familial hypercholesterol patient. You see a family. Now, you mentioned in your comment on the video that you've mentioned this to other family members, but they seem to not be very focused on it. Any changes in that? I'll bet there will be when they see this video because awesome. I am get them to watch this video uh, when she was 43 years old had a massive heart attack mm. she doesn't know what her cholesterol is she she doesn't ask her doctor about things and I want to go to her doctor with her so I don't don't see her a lot and I was so shocked that she didn't even know what her cholesterol is that is not unusual for a young woman like that. That's why we're trying to get this message out there, Susan. Thank you again for what you've shared. And um, good luck to you and your family. And give me a call if you need anything. Oh, she smoked also and quit the day that she had the heart attack. So mm. hopefully she'll be better. It's that same story, isn't it? Yep. Thank you, Dr. Brewer. Thank I sure you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website at prevmedhealth.com. To learn more, watch our videos on YouTube at Ford Brewer MD MPH. Thank you very much for your interest.